Hello and welcome to Shop Small, Eat Big, where each episode we'll be speaking to an artisan food or drink business, baking, brewing, creating, making fantastic produce and selling it throughout the UK. We get under the hood to understand what inspired them, how the business got started and the detail and love that goes into their products. Hope you enjoy listening. If you do, please give us a like, share, follow on our social media page, Pueblo UK, and any comments, please feel free to reach out on our contact email, hello at pueblofood.co. Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing great. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Lisa Newman, one of the co-founders of Cornwall-based peanut butter company, Breeders. Love was already in the air for peanut butter. Lisa never forgot to take a tub whilst traveling. But it wasn't until her and her husband, fellow co-founder Andrew, took the trip of a lifetime to New Zealand and fell even more in love with the renaissance nut butter was having over there. These companies had strong branding and a great look and feel about them. Ingredients and taste-wise, they were also a far cry from the products that we'd find in our supermarkets today. So armed with a peanut-inspired appetite, upon their return, Lisa tells us how Frida's got to where it's at today and the journey to create a really authentic and true peanut butter product with a few quirks and funky flavours along the way. I suppose before we um, like properly kick off, you, you guys are on you guys are on the road this year. We by are the looks of things. Yeah, we start in Cheltenham at the end of June. And and then we're pretty much uh, somewhere every weekend or right through. I think we've got a couple of weekends free. Um and I'm I'm determined to hang on to those weekends actually, because otherwise it'll just be twenty four seven. Yeah, um, exactly. I looked at yeah. the looked at the events page, and I, I sort of couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, you, you're effectively yeah. on the road for for this year. <laughs> well, we are, but I'm looking forward to it. I must admit. Um, yeah, ask me again nearer Christmas. I might be crying <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a darkened room somewhere. But uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Just getting out and about. We actually visited one a um, couple of couple of Saturdays ago. Uh, there was an event called the Gourmet Food Market down here, which we haven't done before. Um, mm. So we popped over there to have a look and see what it was, you know, with um, one eye on maybe doing it the next time it comes around. So, but it was just so lovely to see people that we know on the food scene and, um, ask them how they've been getting on and you know it's just lovely to see that people have got through all this and come out the other side so yeah um, um and, and the and the first recordings that I think I did we, we were still you know we're still still in lockdown I suppose and, yeah. and that has you know from a mentality perspective for businesses who are used to getting out into markets as a way of um gaining brand exposure and also getting people trying your, your products as well. Right. As opposed yeah. to, so, so this is, this is where I'm almost a bit conflicted really, because it, it feels like a digital adoption and, you know, online commerce has, mm. and I think always will continue to, I think, increase in terms of its sort of market size and value. I think people are, yeah. you know, a lot more used to, purchasing items and particularly food and drink items online now i think that's become a little bit yeah. more of a norm but there's still yeah. that obvious need for, for you guys to get out there do you, do you feel better now where you know you, you spent this because uh, correct me if i'm wrong i feel like you if if it wasn't for covid you probably wouldn't have frida's probably wouldn't have been so um available online would that be a fair a fair assumption to make we were we were in the process of um, building the website, but I, I certainly wasn't rushing to do it. Um, <laughs> we, if anything, it was going to be more for information purposes, just to sort of let people know who we were, and who we are, and what we're about, and um, uh, just to sort of clarify what we do. But not necessarily to have an online shop. Um, 
because I I fought against that really. It, it's a very time consuming profession as it is. Yeah. And you know, you introduce an online shop, and it's you know it, it adds it's another all dimension to it that. It is all yeah. encompassing. So we we fought against that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. If um, if COVID hadn't come along. Hmm. We would probably still be uh, still be building the website, <laughs> but I <laughs> right think now, it's but, a, uh, but, you know. But I still feel that it's a good thing that you have now that things are starting to open up. That you've got yeah. you have got m- sort of multiple channels in which that somebody can interact with readers and buy your products, whether it's online or offline. I think it's better to have two yeah. than one, right? I think that's the main thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, people that we've met at um, food festivals before who said, well, I love this. Where where am I going to be able to buy it in the future? We had this very um, rubbish and informal arrangement where they would email me and, you know, a very clumsy payment system. And, you know, it, it was it yeah. was all very unprofessional, really. Um, so now all those customers have buy from us online so that's really streamlined all that process and obviously we've been able to push people towards that through social media and that kind of thing but we're really excited to get out to the food festivals again because now we can say to people look you know if you love it you can now buy from us online and see whether it has an effect on our online sales you know whether we pick up some long-term customers through through having the website that'll be uh that'll be really interesting to see the, the, how that the, goes the the two intertwine really don't they i think they're really complementary yeah. um yeah. you know pieces that, that you've got and as you say it's an additional arsenal within the weaponry um yeah it's, it's a good additional channel and as you said if you are traveling from your native of, of cornwall and heading half halfway mm-hmm. around the country it's good to yeah. know that you you know, you can expand your reach geographically by having yeah. having that presence online. But equally, you know, good that you've attended the festival. You can get in front of people. It's 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 great. It's great both ways. So, you know, yeah, fantastic. Good good luck for that. I mean, you're absolutely hammering it this year. What a well done! It looks uh, you, you're pushing yourselves to the limit, both of you. I can see. Um, I hope well, you've got um, you know clearly enough packed lunches um, ready for the for the car <laughs> the amount of car journeys you're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, pre, pre-COVID, we had um, a lovely schedule uh, set for 2019 of the food festivals that we wanted to do. And we had learned a lot of lessons over previous years doing events that really weren't for us, you know, weren't successful for us. So we streamlined it massively and we were really happy with the calendar because we just thought we're hitting all the ones that we really want to. Yeah. And then, and then this year we've just kind of gone a bit crazy again and thought, oh, if now we can get out there. We're just going to do absolutely everything again, and yeah. we'll we'll see uh, see how it goes. But I'm saying that, but I think I think everything that we're attending this year is, uh, you know, they're they're really good, really good events. There's some that are new to us, but I think they they sound like they're going to be, you know, amazing and big events. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. no, not standing around twiddling our thumbs anywhere. I think we'll be busy. <laughs> I, I do. So, and this is an yeah. interesting segue, really, because you, you must sort of look, I mean, you'll you'll do what you're going to do this year and the amount of festivals that you're turning up and you've got your products and, you, you know, you've, you've got that established set of of, um, uh, of of different products in terms of like the recipes and stuff that you've got. But, I mean, it's taken you... You almost sort of sometimes you look back and you almost take it for granted just to see like how much hard work and graft that's gone into producing what you now have as a final item and being able to take it around the country. Um, mm. I think you probably look back to, was it 2016, 2017, when you were sort of just almost sort of thinking about this idea and you sort of look yeah. back and go, well, that's you've come a long way. We, The product that we have now is is very different than what we started with. Um, just you know, even to the peanuts that we use um, now, uh, we used to use skin-on um, peanuts from Brazil, and they gave um, a slightly more bitter flavour, mm. and um, the texture was quite different. It was difficult to get a very creamy sort of background texture. 
So now we use um, blanched roasted peanuts. You can get really achieve that lovely creamy texture and then add the crunchy pieces back into the level of crunch that you want. So it's quite quite precise and that's something we've really worked hard on trying to achieve um and we think we've uh, we think we've got that right now you think, think um, you've nailed it <laughs> i think we've nailed it yeah and it, things like we used to use honey at the beginning it was all about using as much local produce as we could um i mean obviously the peanuts are south american but um we use cornish sea salt and we used to use local cornish honey but it got to the stage where we couldn't get enough the bees weren't busy enough for us um, wow. they, uh, you're consuming you're very, all of uh, Cornwall's bees exactly <laughs> it literally literally at uh, sometimes I was driving around the country lanes to find honey no on people's doorstep seriously because <laughs> we just couldn't get enough and I, and we were you know we weren't asking for cheap honey you know I was going and buying jars off the shelves in like the local store and paying a premium for it. I wasn't expecting wholesale prices anywhere, but yeah. I just couldn't get, I couldn't get the volume. And if, um, you know, if the weather was bad, the bees aren't, aren't doing their work. So you just don't get honey. It's as simple as that. So it was too, um, too precarious an ingredient. You know, we had to, we had to look for something else. So that's why we ended up with uh, using agave. Um, and also because we wanted to be able to satisfy the vegan market and, yeah. um, you know, honey's honey's not acceptable. It's not a, not to, a vegan uh, product. To the vegan yeah. market, it's not a vegan product. So yeah. um, so we managed to satisfy that, uh, that need as well. So, where, where do you yeah. bring in the agave in? Which, which, which flavour... Um, or do, do you put that in just the, the, the sort of traditional smooth crunchy one because I, I noticed that you, you've got some you know different flavors w- w- which products does the agave syrup go into the, the agave features in them all apart from the uh the oh, really? cornish sea salt yeah the cornish sea salt flavor is literally just peanuts and, and cornish it's the, sea salt it's, the, it's just you know pure all exposed this is who we are peanuts yeah, and salt yeah. that's it yeah, that's um, it in there. What, yeah. what does the agave, in like in your opinion, either the honey or agave, but like what what does that add? Because I'm sorry, I, and I love peanut butter. I'm a big fan. I, I eat a lot of peanut butter. I looking yeah. at ingredients I've eaten before. I've never seen the introduction of either honey or agave into my peanut butter, as far as I'm aware, um, other than yeah. yours. Um, what, yeah. what does that What does that add for you? Um, and how did you see that well, before? It's a nice sort of natural natural sweetness. Um, mm. Uh, but we offset that. We we do have a little bit of salt in there as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, in the uh, the crunchy and the smooth original, um, they have a little agave. I mean, it's only a very small amount, but it just adds another dimension to the to the flavour of the peanuts. Because although the peanuts do taste great on their own, it it, it is quite a flat sort of flavour, and it, and to me, it just needs a little bit of a. A lift, so it's not heightening um, with ingredients around just it, doesn't a little it? Just bit. To support yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's not a massive amount, you know, it's a very, very small percentage, but it does make all the difference to the flavor. But there's there's certain, um, for instance, the, the chili one only has a very tiny amount of agave in it, but it, um, it just sort of offsets the heat of the chili as well, so it's yeah, quite, quite a well considered flavor. You don't get a very harsh like kick of chili at the back of your throat you know sometimes things chili can be really strong in that way it's not it's not like that it's very mellow and it and the agave just sort of helps the chili kind of creeps upon you nicely rather than a real you know (laughs) yeah i love it creeps up on you you in a nice way (laughs) (laughs) not a bad way in a nice way it's a nice creep Um, what, what what sort oh. of um, chilies were you guys sort of experimenting with? Like, how, how do you how did you incorporate that? Like, from because there's many different sort of variations of chili, both in terms of the, the type of chili that you use. I mean, I, I take it you're you're not going full whack with like a blooming Scotch bonnet chili. Like, you've gone for a lighter one, but like yeah. you also get the variation of the chili, whether in terms of it's a powder or if it's if it's flakes or you're actually sort of yeah. chopping up and adding in. Like, what 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 was your preference? Well, right, 
way back in the beginning, I, I think I did use fresh chilies, you know, just to see how that would work. But obviously, then it, it's not an ambient product. If you're adding, um, uh, pardon the expression, but a wet ingredient, yeah, you, you, it can't really be an ambient product because if you mm. add liquid, then suddenly it becomes something yeah. that needs to be stored in the fridge. Yeah. So it had to be dried, and we used. Um, whole chili but i think i think the chipotle um came right from the beginning because i absolutely love that smoked chili yeah flavor. I, do. I think it's i, I think it's mm. gorgeous and i'm not i'm not um a real uh i'm not really into very very hot chilies either so this one seemed to fit the bill we found that quite early on but we use it in a powdered form now so that it is yeah. evenly yeah. evenly distributed throughout i was about to say that's probably the butter. best thing yeah best variation to use isn't it just to get that that yeah. that consistency in yeah. in the in the in the peanuts which is which is good um if, I, if, I you, use, to... if you use sorry if you use whole chilies as well you, you sometimes get the seeds left in the in the mix like whole yeah. and the heat is in the seeds so exactly. you suddenly find you know your eyeballs popping out of yeah. your head because you've so, had you've had a seed in the chili. Yeah, someone's just sitting there. Home. You know, eight o'clock in the morning for breakfast. Just 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 stuck this <laughs> yeah. morning on, wanting to have a nice bit of peanut butter on toast, and bam! Yeah, here, here comes Quite. a couple of seeds. Yeah, yeah, I can I can understand why you wouldn't want to <laughs> cause cause that kind of pain. No, no. <laughs> Um, we like we like to be user friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Some, something that stood out to me just just from having a look at the site today actually was that we've had absolutely shocking weather we're recording this um you know the end of may 2021 it's freezing cold still and it really should start yep. to be getting a bit nicer but um yeah i noticed that you have a win so you have a winter spice peanut butter and it, it i don't we know do. is it that popular because it's sold out and it's that feels to me like quite a seasonal peanut butter something that you would more likely sell in autumn and winter because it is you know yep. winter spice ingredients but you're sold out yep. it's the end of may going into summer madness what's happening we, we i think we have six jars left six or seven jars left maybe um and then uh it's still present on the website as part of the bundle of four uh, but once that's gone um that's taking a holiday till October. Yeah, it'll, uh, we'll be bring, we'll be bringing that back in October. We were going to introduce a new flavour, but it's um, it's sold so well and people love it so much. We're going to bring it back for another winter. This is the it's, you uh, mean the, the the winter spice? You're going to bring this back? Yeah, the winter of the... fruit and spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all you... most gone. That's a, yeah, it's incredible. I looked at it and I was like, that's, that's madness. I mean, that's something that I, I would be like the least likely to sell at this time of the year. But then again, it has been, yeah. um, it hasn't been great. What's in the mm. winter fruit and spice? Like, and, and what's the, what's the sort of thought press process behind that? Because, um, that's quite an interesting, I mean, the, first of all, the chipotle chili is interesting as well, but I can kind of see how the smokiness works with peanut butter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Winter fruit and spice, that I find yeah. that interesting. Are we going for like a Christmas pudding sort of style flavour yeah. with peanut butter? How, yeah, absolutely. What are yeah. you eating at I mean, home with peanut butter? Christmas pudding? <laughs> Christmas, how did you get to that conclusion? <laughs> well, it um, oh, it does work brilliantly. We use um, some organic raisins in there and we use... Um, a touch of orange oil, just a little bit of very pure orange oil. Um, and we use cinnamon, nutmeg and ginger. So yeah, like the traditional Christmassy spices. Yeah. Um, and it, it just works so well with peanut. And I've not seen that before. You guys delicious. must be one of the yeah. only peanut butter companies that have that sort of flavor combination. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that anywhere else. Yeah. So yeah. Is uh, that the route that you guys want to go down as as a point of differentiation? Because I think mm -hmm. the way that I see peanut butter companies, both big and small, marketing themselves at the moment, a, lo a lot of it seems to be down to um, they seem to be quite transparent about the type of peanuts that they use and why the origin of the peanuts, you know, it comes from an area that produces you know, beautiful, best-in-class peanuts. I think there's, you know, mm. people talk about, uh, as you mentioned, South, South America's quite a common destination for, for, for peanuts, like particularly 
Argentina. I think they've been touted as yeah. a as a peanut that carries quite a high oleic um, right. t- t- tendency, yeah. as a, as opposed to maybe some 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 other peanuts that are created. So, I suppose are you just as a point of differentiation for Frida's? Are you thinking, mm. well, let's bring out a couple more interesting flavor combinations, or do you focus y- yourself as well on the quality of the peanut? Like h- how? How are you thinking about marketing yourself, particularly as a point of why are we doing things differently versus another peanut butter company that somebody might 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 pick up and buy? Well, I think um, the quality of the ingredients is is the most important thing for us, um, and to get the flavour absolutely spot on. So mm. there are there are other flavoured peanut butters out there. Um, uh, I, I just think our, um, how can I put it? I think the Don't way we put the flavours together. <laughs> you, you, well, can, you can the be, we... uh, yeah. Don't be so modest. <laughs> oh, dear. The way we've spent a lot of time, you know, um, sort of preparing the preparing the peanut butters in different ways and using different flavour profiles. And um, because I'm a chef, I think I've got quite a good palette and uh mm. what we've come up with i think just absolutely tastes amazing it is absolutely delicious without yeah. using anything nasty or you know no preservatives or palm oil or anything you know that yeah. you really shouldn't be eating um, yeah but the, you've got to start with the right the right ingredients peanut. and in, yeah we've tried we've tried peanuts from all over the world we wanted to be an um, an organic peanut butter from the beginning, yeah. but the only organic peanuts that we seem to be able to get in the UK are from China, and we tried several different varieties. What, what were they like when? Like, so I assume you, you know your. It's interesting, actually. It's quite funny. I think on your About Us page, you talk about mm-hmm. um, you spent sort of a year doing trial and error. Um, and that mm. says to me that there's, you know, you, you've put that in very short words, but clearly that was a painstaking process <laughs> that you went yeah. through to find, you know, yeah. the right ingredients. And you've got yeah. your, you've got your philosophy in terms of using high quality ingredients, regional ingredients that supplement the peanut, but also you've got the organic side as well. So you've got your philosophy. Mm. What, what, what was that like? I mean, bringing in sort of like how, how different is a Chinese peanut versus an Argentinian or you know, wherever else they're, they're, you know, they're available and you you imported from? Well, I I think um, the, well, if you go through your senses, I mean, just the smell for a start. The the Argentinian peanuts just smell delicious. And when you roast them, you know, they smell absolutely amazing. Um, And they're quite a, they're a bigger peanut than the Chinese ones. And they just Mm. have, they just, they just look healthy, if that, yeah, if that makes better. sense. You yeah. know, they roast beautifully. They're golden in colour, and and they just and they're so clean. Uh, the way they process, because Argentina are like world leading in in peanut production, yeah. and the processes that they use. So they come to you. They're they're super clean. There's no contamination. They're the company that we buy them through BRC certified. So everything is um, absolutely. Uh, top notch the way that they um, you know they process everything the safety standards and um, the all that matters as well doesn't it it does it matters a huge amount yeah Yeah. you've got to have faith that you know what you're starting off with and what you're putting in the jar is is you know going to be good for people and you're not going to have any you know any issues with contamination or or that kind of thing um, and we just weren't confident with the Chinese peanuts that we were using. They didn't smell great. Um, they didn't taste good at all. They were very bitter. Um, you know, Quality might not be there, just just in comparison to Argentina, yeah. as you say, where they're, yeah. they're clearly sort of the world leaders in, in, yeah. in it. Um, That's it. You, you have a trend with, you know, almost sort of every small shop artisan business that produces their own food and drink item in that I think you can you can really tell that you've not you've gone into creating a product with a really clear set of sort of ethics and principles mm. and I think that's what really because I mean last year we were all about let's let shop look let's shop local let's shop small 
and you know mm-hmm. the government were putting out that message and that was clearly a very a very economic message um you know in, in terms of finances but i think there's 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 another meaning behind that and it's i think it's also down to i think people are more inclined to buy products from somebody like freeders now as opposed to going in and buying a you know a very well known supermarket brand because they actually care more about where products have come from how they're made yeah. the quality involved in the production your principles and morals and what you stand for. I think people are today, at least, it, they feel it feels like, and I'm a consumer, of course, as well. That you just you just get the impression that there is there is a, a real real trend shifting here, and it's really good to see um, that you know your hard work, especially and you and your and your husband's as well for for, for setting up Frieda's is it's being noticed. I think a little bit more more so than it ever has been before, at least in in relative terms. Would you? You kind of aligned on that thought as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've we've been quite overwhelmed this year, really, with the sort of support that we've had, and you know the lovely comments and reviews that we've received. And um, yeah, it's it's nice to it's nice to be recognised. We don't uh, we, we're not. Well, obviously, we're a business, so we, you know, we want to make the yeah, living. Yeah, you're, 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 you're for profit, day, but you're not profiteering, yeah. are you? You know, it's, no, you know, no. that's the difference. The, the most important thing to us is that we're making, you know, something that people enjoy. That it's um, that it's the best quality that it can be. Um, that you know, and that's why we don't skimp on any of the ingredients. Um, we don't do anything to sort of, you know, save a few quid. We don't cut corners, you know. We, we just use mm. the best that we possibly can. And it, yeah, you might pay a little bit more for it, but I personally think it's worth it, you know, for the flavour and, and the quality that you're getting. Um, and that's been, and that's been nice backed ingredients. up. Uh, and that's, I think that's been backed up by the recognition that you've got by, you know, your, your community and people purchasing yeah, from absolutely. you, as you just mentioned there, comments. But, um, you know, it's it's... We have to. We have to also bring up that you've you've also gained um, some recognition from some pretty key um, uh, awards as well. Um, yeah. Recognizing here that you've um, earned yourself a more than one, as far as I understand, great great taste award for your for your products. What was what was that moment like for you? Just in terms of sort of picking up that award, and and prior to that, what was the you know, the sort of process like for you going into that? Well, it, it was quite extraordinary. I think it was 2019 we uh, we decided that we would enter um, a couple of products into Great Taste Awards and um, we were a bit late and they, ma- they managed to squeeze in the coconut one, which we decided we would try that one and, uh, and we got a two-star for it and we were absolutely blown away ah, by that amazing. and then we we sent the others in last year and uh we got three two star awards and one one star so we were wow. yeah, we were, yeah <laughs> we were absolutely blown away because um you know just to get any any stars at all it's pretty tough pretty tough i mean the judging panels are you know, I think they're all uh, chefs or real foodies. You know, they know what they're talking about, and yeah. the feedback you can get is it's very honest, very honest. Um, <laughs> so we were we were totally blown away by that, and um, we've also had gold awards from uh, the Taste of the West as well. Um, so yeah, we it's just so satisfying to know that you know people agree with what you're trying to do yeah they love the taste they they love the taste too because yeah and it and it really does mean something when um you know these people who um i mean they are they are critical they know what they're talking about and so when they like your product it means the world you know Uh, and fundamentally it adds so much um i think it adds so much value doesn't it to your products when you're actually able to you know, put 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 that sticker on, 
um, or, yeah. or, or add that award to your branding with the, you know, with the, yeah. whether it's whatever it is, it just, it just adds, everybody knows that award, I think as a consumer. Yeah. So it's quite, yeah. it's, it's, it feels like the pinnacle. I mean, I, when you're in, whether, in, whether if you're sort of in a supermarket or you're in, you're shopping online or, um, yeah. you know, wh- wherever you are, I think if, if, if there is that label on that yeah, product, I think as a consumer, you're like, that's a good, that, you know, clearly that's been, that's been through a rigorous judging process and yeah. it's been awarded something based on mm-hmm. you know a variety of options but fundamentally like how the, how it tastes and it's clearly it's good so yeah yeah it, it's a pinnacle really for you guys and considering how long I mean you set up the business in what 2017 2018 was it yeah properly yeah 2017 uh, I think we launched yeah yeah so well, you, I think yeah. you're absolutely right because yeah. prior to that doing this you know, I would always choose a product that had a, a label on it, but, you know, had a, an award label on it, um, but probably never totally understood what that meant mm. um, what it meant to achieve that, you know, what goes into it. Yeah. Um, and now I do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Is there yeah. stages to it? What, what's it, what's it like? Just, just, just sort of, you know, just to take for, 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 for my enjoyment, but also for any listeners out there, primarily me, um, what's the application process like? Like, are there various different stages and levels? And is it like a knockout? Like, how how, how does it work when you sort of enter? Like, I mean, it's not just a free for all, clearly, is it? it there's, there must be a fairly strict sort of selection criteria. Um, well, you, it it is it is open to anybody. I mean, there's you know there's a uh, a fee involved. Um, and you yeah. have to fill in various forms, and and then they call they call your product in for judging. Um, <laughs> that you know, sounds very strict, doesn't a, it? Yeah, it is. It's your it's turn. To be there on a yeah on a particular day, you know, it has to be there. Um, and I know, well, they might they might differ slightly, but I think at the Great Taste, there's a a table, and it's blind tasted there, so they've no yeah. idea who whose it is or what it is. And that, so that is why that's the great taste to us because it is literally about the flavour. So it doesn't really matter what packaging it turns up in or how beautiful it looks. It's, it's, it's all taste. about it's all about the flavour. The taste of the West, I think, is slightly different. So they do taste it from the jar, I believe, or they, they're aware anyway of what of what the product is and where it's come from. So it's yeah. slightly slightly different. I think they do they do judge on the appearance as well. So the the packaging plays a part in that award, but yeah, but the great taste is purely, purely taste. Yeah. Um, and no, that's good. That's good to know. And, and, and that's a quite a good segue onto packaging. Your, yeah. uh, was that, was that a design that just came to you guys sort of straight away? It feels very, I don't know. I think as a buyer immediately, it's very clean. It's really fresh. It's really mm. clear. Like I like the sort of the, the Frida's logo and then you've got the made in Cornwall underneath and it but it's just quite nice um in inoffensive colors just it just it all feels the right fit was that something that you sort of worked on yourselves when you first uh, got going or the designer <clears throat> uh, we uh, we hadn't a clue um how to how to do that i think um when you're starting off with a new product really the route to go down is just put the essential information on a label and just get it out there and let people taste it but I didn't want to do that I wanted it to be to look, to look really good. professional from the yeah. from the very beginning so um uh I actually sold my car to pay for the branding did you um, really we, I did I sold my car we had a cafe before and when we sold the cafe um uh that was my treat to myself I bought a lovely duck egg blue mini which I was very very proud of <laughs> and um but then when Frida's came along, we had this opportunity and I didn't want to send it out with some rubbishy label that I'd created myself. So, um, amazing. Uh, but, I mean, and branding, branding is an expensive, you know, to do it properly, it's an expensive process. So I sold my car and I drove around in, well, I won't say the name, the make of the car, but it was, I was ashamed of it. And <laughs> <laughs> this poor little car that I, yeah, that I've drove around for about two years, hating every minute of it. But um, yeah, <laughs> but, we. Uh, but you got yourself we, a great, you know, a great, uh, a great sort of brand. I think, as you say, it's yeah. everything, isn't it? And, and well done yeah. to you. That's not. It's not. I think that's not an easy. I think there are a lot of people that would 
that and me included that would like have lots of second thoughts about doing something like that because yeah. as you say it's not it's not cheap um no for, well, we for, got for together with the, the team uh they're called design by our friends and we were with them they're based down in falmouth mm. and uh we sat around a table and we they sort of looked at sort of they asked us to come up with some designs that we liked and and we had um a proper brainstorming session where we talked about you know what our values were and um it was it was a very lengthy process and then we went in um and they they did a presentation for us and they'd come up with about 10 options that they presented to us on sheets of a three card um some radically different ideas and I sat there honestly trying to hold back tears because I thought oh my lord this is this is incredible this is actually happening you know just yeah all their ideas oh all their ideas were wonderful I mean really wonderful and choosing one sort of route to go down was very difficult but we liked the um we like the simplicity of the icons that they came up with, you know, the little peanuts and the chilies and that kind of thing. I, I really um, like that. It's on like your gift yeah. box as well. I think I really, I really like that. The, um, the one that the, yeah. the, the, the twin gift pack, um, I just like the, yeah. the simplicity of the drawings and the colors and it, it just looks very, it's yeah. very friendly, very approachable. Yeah. Well, initially we were, we were looking at, um, I think beige, sort of a, the beigey color of the crunchy, that was the yep. color that we were working on, or or there was some navy blue in there as well. So we, we were looking at all the different designs, but just in that kind of one colorway, or maybe two colorways. Um, and then when we, you know, we they started working on, we chose we chose one or two options, and then they kind of worked through those, and then they started to add in the different colors for the range. It was yeah. like, oh my lord, you know, it was really, just, really coming together. Oh, an amazing process, an absolutely incredible process, and such uh, such creative people. And we were absolutely bowled over when we got the final labels and they went on yeah. the jars. You know, it was it was well worth doing. So you can hope that with the success of this branding and uh, the increased popularity of Frida's, that perhaps one day, once again, you you may be able to purchase another duck egg uh, painted mini. <laughs> Who knows? Well, now, right? no, no, no. I now have a white mini. Do you? And it has all Frida's icons all over it. <laughs> You're joking. You'd have so, to send no, me a no. picture of that. That's incredible. I will. Love yeah, that. no, I have a, a white mini with all the... Uh, all the logos all over it yeah that's that's an even so got, better idea i got i got a mini back yeah it's brilliant and who needs advertising when you just drive around in that all the time <laughs> honestly we've been on the motorway and people have emailed me while we've been on the motorway going we're following you on the m6 or wherever <laughs> yeah where can we buy your products it looks amazing. Yeah, looks so, great. so it does work <clears throat> yeah um uh, but when i first drove it around i had to get used to people smiling at me and wondering why they were smiling at me because the car just makes you smile, you know, Completely. and I thought they were smiling at me personally, but no, it was the, the branding on the car. <laughs> yeah. We're getting used to. How, how, um, to take me back in time a little bit to the moment that mm. you, you guys got your first sale, whether that was, mm you know, in a stockist, I, I assume that that was the kind of original route that, that you guys were going down. And so you've, you know, you've, you've made your product, you're happy with it. Um, what, what yeah. was the first sort of, cause it's a bit, that's a, that's a very momentous occasion really, isn't it? When you get your first sale and yeah. something that you remember, what, what, um, what was it? Yeah. The very first thing that I did, I worked at, um, a Lobs Farm shop at Hedligan. I was working as a chef there and they very kindly, let me have a uh, let me do a little tasting day and sell some jars there awesome. which was wonderful and I think I think I sold about 60 jars in a day and I just couldn't believe it I thought it was absolutely wonderful wow but then People we, we were working with yeah we were working with um Oxford Innovations as well and um my mentor uh, then Lewis who we still work with now but yeah. privately now um he uh, we had a day out around Cornwall and just walked into various delis and that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, just introduced the product to people and, 
you know, we sold sold some and I thought, oh, that's amazing. You know, we're now on the shelves in various places. And that's uh, amazing. So you actually did you yeah. just you just sort of walk, walked in to various different Literally. shops and went, Look, yeah. I've got a peanut butter brand called Frida's, you know, we think yeah. you know, do you want to try some? You know. Yeah. And then and that was that was when it paid off having done the branding properly because we you know we incorporated barcodes and that kind of thing so we were sh- we were shelf ready let's put it that way so um and, when you look and that's the it, first thing um, that they look at at the end of the day isn't yeah, it you yeah. know when when a stockist yeah. is going to buy something they're not they haven't yeah. tried it yet so all they're looking at are the colors yeah. and the logo and the packaging yeah. like that's that's key isn't it to... absolutely yeah um yeah. and we did uh we, i think that was sort of around april 2017 and we went and did our food fe- first food festival, which was Port Levin. Um, uh, we didn't know what had hit us, to be fair. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were trying to serve uh, peanut butter on pieces of bread. Um, I think Vicky's bread were opposite us that day, and I practically bought all the sourdough, I think. I was trying <laughs> to serve people peanut butter on pieces of bread, which is just crazy, absolutely crazy. I couldn't couldn't saw bread fast enough no. so um so we, we we ditched that idea on the end of the first day and uh just did tasting on sticks the second day so now i understand yeah. why why people do tasting on sticks because uh yeah for, for that exact reason to, run out too much bread reason. yeah totally i think this this begs the begs the question for me and it's something that i normally ask at the beginning but when when everything is so fluid it it just it's great why why did you guys come up with the idea of creating a a peanut butter brand like where where did that sort of notion originally come from and you you mentioned a little bit in the in the podcast that you, you 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 know you're a trained chef so you know clearly you work with food really well. You've got, you like to think, you know, you've got a good palate. You understand flavor combinations, but um, you know, why, 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 why peanut butter? I suppose, like, what? Well, how did that really come about? Well, we were, we were, um, like I say, we just sold the uh, the cafe that we had uh, in Mevagizzi, and we, uh, while we had the time, um, we took ourselves off took ourselves off to New Zealand for holiday of a lifetime and uh, we toured around in a camper van called Frida and while we were there I mean New Zealand is such um, a foodie country and a really good cafe culture peanut butter figures quite highly on the menu um, yeah and, and they we we just we always take peanut butter with us when we're traveling anywhere, but because we were going so far, um, I thought I can't take five weeks worth of peanut butter with me. That'll just take up my whole luggage allowance. So I thought we'll have to find some while we were there. And I remember actually sitting down and Googling um, New Zealand peanut butter brands before we went. And there were a couple that they just stood out to me as being very artisan. Um, yeah. The, la- the labels were quite simple. They were just clean, just looked like they'd been made with care. Um, and just, I don't know, I thought at the time that all we had here really was um, sort of health food, mm. you know, the peanut butter that you find in health food shops, which is usually plain peanut, which is absolutely fine, or um, the supermarket varieties, which seem to be, full of refined sugar and palm oil and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and you I look thought, at, like, you know, other, other brands, that some, there's some American ones, right, like, say, like, yeah. you know, certain ones which are just, yeah. As a kid, I, I you're just, probably like, this is lovely, but it really, you look at the ingredients now as an adult and you're like, wow, that's got a, yeah. a horrible long list of um, yeah. additives. Yeah, I just felt, yeah, there should be something in between. Why, why shouldn't peanut butter get you know, gourmet status, you know, why can it not be? Um, and it sounds like you love product. it, by the way, already. I mean, I guess the other reason why you started the business is, because, I mean, when you're going on holiday and you're considering, um, 
you know, p- peanut butter is basically on your on your list alongside your, yep. you know, your clothes, your toiletries, all the things <laughs> that you would normally be on the list for holidays. Peanut butter mm. clearly ranks quite highly that in your, uh, tells in your list. It tells a story, doesn't it? It yeah, does somewhat, it yeah. yeah. <laughs> and where does that come um, from? Is that like, is it kind of like a chef thing? Maybe at the end of the day, you know, you, you, you finish cooking, the last thing you want to do is cook mm. and you're like, oh, let's just have some peanut yeah. butter on toast. Like, what... It's just, I mean, I love peanut butter as well, but. Yeah, it does work. It does work well for that, certainly. But I I do have a few issues with food. There's there's certain things I can and can't eat. um, And uh, peanut butter fills a real gap for me, you know, with uh, protein because it's such high protein and um, it's really nutritious. And there's so much, so much you can do with it. You know, we do a lot of walking as well. So it's just the perfect food to put it on a sandwich with some banana or a bit of jam yeah. or something and off you yeah. go and you've got all yeah. that energy you need right there. And, uh, and it just tastes so good too. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. That's fundamental, right? it's just, just amazing. So, um, yeah, it's very much part of my, my <laughs> repertoire. So you didn't and, get to uh, take any to New Zealand, but I assume no, whilst traveling, any. you did find some. We did. We found a couple um, uh, that we really liked. And uh, funnily enough, um, one of the brands that we found has kind of evolved in the same sort of way that we have. They then went into doing flavours as well. Um, and uh, they're big in America now. So, um, yeah, but they're a bit ahead of us. They're a much bigger company than we are now. But, yeah, uh, but, yeah, but doing really well. And, and I just... I Big think that gourmet, there. yeah, that, you know, that I don't, I just think having that, um, like the greatest ingredients and um, just doing the sort of the best you can for the product, I think that's really important. And that Completely. was obviously what they were trying to do as well. So, yeah. 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 So, and, fr- and Frida's is the name, you, you mentioned it there and I have to highlight it. So Frida was the name yeah. of the, um, what were you, you, you driving in like a caddy or something like that when you were driving around New Zealand? Was it, a, kind it of like was, a camping van or? Yeah, it was just a, a little camper van. And um, when we went, we had a, a little WhatsApp group going so people could keep in touch with us while we were away and we could let them know what we were doing. Yeah. And we took photos of the uh, the camper on the first day and said, this is our van. She needs a name. Can any of you come up with a name for, <laughs> for the trip? And um, a lovely girl called China, who incidentally does work for us still and does food festivals for us, um, she said, well, you need to call her Frida because you're free to roam around the whole of New Zealand. Ah. So that's how uh, Frida got the name. And um, and when we were looking for a name for the brand um, later on, it was actually Andrew who remembered remembered Frida and said, well, it's got to be Frida's because that was where it all started. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, that was how the name came about. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, did you get... I imagine. So, was was New Zealand the kind of the um, what's the word? Was it was it the sort of the catalyst for mm. you both in terms of right? We're getting back to the UK and we're starting we're starting this brand. We we need to do it. Uh, it was only really meant to be a little part time thing for me because I was I was chefing but only doing like two or three days a week and yeah. it was just meant to be something that we could uh we could do and maybe do a few food markets that kind of thing very low key just a little bit of extra income and a bit of an interest you know yeah but um when we worked with Oxford Innovations they it became very apparent very quickly that they they liked the idea and they thought we were really onto something and thought we ought to be thinking much bigger than we actually yeah. were. This is not just hence, a hobby. <laughs> no, hence the sale of the car and the branding and everything that followed on. Yeah. And it, and I mean, I gave up my chef's job. Um, I think we started in April and I, and I finished at the farm shop in May and carried on working full time myself. You know, it just took off that quickly within no time at all we were in you know 30 or 40 shops in Cornwall I, th- I think that's when you know you're onto something and it's just yeah <clears throat> it's more than a hobby isn't it it's more than yeah. a just a little something to do to pass the time um yeah it, it clearly was going to be 
potentially well a of bit course of a... i was i was still making it in the kitchen at home you know we got the uh kitchen inspected by the local eho and passed yeah. us and and i was i was literally still making it in the kitchen though so <laughs> you know a busy day was like a hundred jars my goodness um, um, you know, and then start labelling them for the evening. Yeah, it was. Uh, but now it's you know a thousand to fifteen hundred jars a day. So it's uh, wow. And that's um. So how did that come about? Like, what was the transition like moving from home kitchen into? Yeah. I suppose you've you've got some facility quite quite close by, perhaps, and you sort of utilise that. Like, what what was that like? Yeah. And there's, you wonder what moment do you sort of decide to make that decision? Cause it, cause it is a commitment, isn't it? To go from, it's quite yeah. a jump. Yeah. Massive. We, um, we actually went to do a food festival at the Dutchy college at Stoke Plimsland. Yeah. Um, and the chap who did the food testing, etc., was around and I had a, had a chat with him about getting the peanut butter tested, etc. And he said, oh, I'll give you a tour of the kitchens here. You might want to come and rent some kitchen space from us, which I didn't even know was an option. So, um, yeah, that was how it started. And nice. we, we we moved into their smaller kitchen. Um, they, had a, they had various pieces of machinery that we could make use of as well. That was really helpful. I was so, about to ask yeah, that question. So is it is it more automated now with the machinery that you have or are you still – in in the facility working through or, or of course maybe maybe you have some some other members of staff now that do it what, what what's that like yeah, at the moment it's normally um normally three of us so it's myself and, and andrew my hubby and now sean uh sean has come to work for us. sean we met on the food um food festival circuit um he yeah he worked for another company and uh yeah we became friends and when um when we sort of got going a bit busier this year, we just asked him if he'd like to come on board with us. So he's doing two days a week as well. So it's a it is a three man job really. One making, one doing uh putting the doing the depositing, working the depositors, which sort of puts the measured amount into the jars, and then someone else doing the the labeling and the boxing up. So it's still very much hands on. You know, it's not like an automated line. It it is. Um, it is yeah, still but the jump is manual, big though, still, isn't process. it? To go from yeah. the amount that you said that you were doing in the kitchen versus the amount that you can yeah. do now in that little kit, even that, yeah. even just a, you know, in relative terms, it's a it's it's a yeah. big jump, isn't it? But it's a huge yeah, amount yeah. of um, capacity increase. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, first little food processor, uh, that well, of, of a decent size, should we say, that or a decent power that we bought. Um, mm. Uh, oh dear. The and that was about two kilos. Well, no, it's still going. It's a, it was a good quality machine. It cost about five hundred pounds. I thought that was oh my lord, you know, just yeah. get, get the most expensive thing ever. Yeah, quite. And um, and we ended up with two of those, and then we scaled up and we bought uh, a machine that would process three and a half kilos at a time, which I thought was massive. And then we yeah. ended up with two of those. And now the machine we use uh, processes about 15 kilos at wow. a time. So yeah, that's, can, uh, that's some yeah, jump, isn't it? Quite, but quite a jump, yeah. It's also quite like, it's, it's quite a tangible way of seeing your growth as well, isn't it? I mean, you can sit and stare at your books from, you know, with your accountant, but it's also quite nice to see it in real terms, like how you've gone from, you know, producing X amount at home in a kitchen versus like, well, blimey, look at the machinery that we've got now. It can take 15 kilos of the stuff at a time. Yeah. Like it's quite a nice yeah. way of, of visualising it, I think, and seeing the the journey that, that you guys are on. Yeah, um, it, it is. But it, it also, um, we we had an issue recently. Uh, our, the guys who supply us with the peanuts, um, they're factory burnt down <laughs> and uh, oh, it no was way. quite traumatic well very much more traumatic for them than us but the supply yeah. became a little bit sporadic and they had um fortunately had peanuts stored elsewhere and i think they were just trying to drip feed everybody to kind of keep them going but we had to take peanuts instead of them being in 25 kilo sacks we had to take peanuts in a in a ton bag <laughs> and that wow. made me realize how far there is to go because these 
uh, ton bags have um, uh, like a, a, a cord on the bottom that you open and the whole lot will come out of the bottom of it. And that's oh when you, you yeah, know that you're really producing it in, at right? some scale when yeah. that's going into, you know, that's a big food processor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bit more than the 500 quid one, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that, uh, that kind of put it into perspective for us. So, yeah, yeah we've, uh, we've got a way to go yet, but anyway, it's, uh, we're doing all right. Absolutely. And we talked a little bit about the the food festivals and stuff, which you're going to be doing this year, but like, um, just to kind of round off the, the podcast, like what, what are the, what's the grand plan like in, 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 in your eyes in terms of like where, where you would like to see the business in, you know, in a couple of years time, do you want to move outside of the uk in terms of selling i mean you mentioned there that a company that is possibly sort of a, a little bit further ahead on its journey than you guys have have kind of yeah. gone into the states and you know there's no denying that that's a gigantic market in relative terms yeah. to the uk so is that is that appealing i mean obviously there's brexit to, to, to look at now with europe i don't know how attractive yeah. that is at the moment but what's the you know there must sort of be a couple of goals and dreams that, that you guys have yeah, certainly. I mean, we. I would like to have um, a good national presence. Well, we already have. We're already in quite a few shops around the country, but probably a bit more of a national presence, maybe um, be in the catalogues of a couple of other good wholesalers, you know, yeah. down this country. But we are already speaking to the Department for International Trade. It is uh, quite an involved process when you're yeah. looking at you know overseas um it what it's you a do, new, you, new new dimension you, really isn't it like yeah totally yeah. i think the way to go is probably select a particular country and think right we're going to target that one country first of all and see yeah, how smart. we get on with that but we've had we've had inquiries from america uh we've had inquiries from uh dubai um wow. germany interesting that you haven't yeah. Like uh, again, I, we, we always try. I try not to be too intrusive, but I'm just trying to put put myself in your shoes. And I receive mm-hmm. an inquiry from, uh, you know, from maybe like a wholesaler or a stockist or a shop or whatever in the states and Germany and Dubai. Like I'd be, I'd be jumping on that. I'd be like, yeah, no probs. Let's let's do it. How many do mm-hmm. you want? I mean, you you yeah. clearly have a much more. Um, uh, you've been a little bit more careful. It feels like about what you're jumping into and not kind of just selling to absolutely everyone at the moment you, you're clearly being quite um maybe picky is the wrong word but i suppose you're just you're you're, you're thinking it through and there's lots but of things to consider oh honestly if they would if they could take it as is it would be gone already <laughs> yeah. but unfortunately you have to comply with um you know the legalities of whichever country you're dealing with you the labels that you you know the, the labels have to be amended um in the case of Germany, you know, into different languages. Um, mm. the, there's certain things that they require on the jars. There's certain licenses that you need, you know, it, and it does vary from country to country. So it's not something you can you can just do with your, your yeah. product yeah. as, you as it is. There's quite a lot of yeah. There's quite a quite a lengthy process to go through to. Uh, they call that red tape, that. I think, Lisa. I think that's I think what, they what, what they call it. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's not getting any easier no. with Brexit and what have you. I think, yeah, hopefully by the time we, we get there, you know, the issues with Brexit will be ironed out and, uh, you know, it will it will get simpler. Oh, and so maybe us, some free but, trade agreements, right? If, you know, the UK continues uh, on and it's um, on, on its journey to getting some free trade agreements with various different countries, yeah. it might be, you know, as you said, from a paperwork perspective, it might might be beneficial yeah. to you know, pick pick one of those countries. Who knows? But yeah, um, definitely. it's exciting yeah. nonetheless. It is very exciting. And we, we have, um, yeah, two new members of our team. So I was telling you about China who came up with the name and still does food festivals. Well, her sister Evie came to work for us this year as well. She's done um she's been working around the country doing various administrative roles. And uh she used to work for us when we had the cafe as well. Um and she's nice. come on board like a force of nature. And <laughs> she's uh, she's working for us full time. So 
yeah, which is absolutely brilliant because, you know, she she makes very light work of uh, tasks that I find incredibly difficult, admin, et cetera, not I, I my have forte. A... I have a similar, yeah, I have a similar experience as well. It just, it just just takes the weight off your shoulders, I think, doesn't it? Because I mean, let's be honest, there's certain things we're good at as people and there's certain things we're not. And it's just extra, extra nice to leverage um, other other people's expertise. Lisa, um, it's been an absolute pleasure um, speaking to you. Thanks very much for coming on to the podcast this afternoon. You've been um, a brilliant guest. It's been lovely. Thank you.